Chapter 2 Solitaire was Magda's way of composing herself. Always, after heated fights with her husband, it was by playing solitaire that she had found relief. It represented something that she could not fully achieve in life. Perhaps it was dealing cards from a shuffled deck into a prescribed arrangement on a tabletop that appealed to her. It had a quality of manipulation and control. On the surface, Magda's life had epitomized control. But this was a facade, part of Nazi propaganda orchestrated by her husband. When things spiraled out of control in her life, it was solitaire that brought her back to sanity. As she shuffled the deck, a Soviet mortar shook the Führbunker. The force with which it struck was a reminder that time was running out. When she took her eyes off the cards for a moment as she shuffled, they fell to the floor. Magda reached down to pick up the scattered cards to start again. Placing them back on the table, she noticed that the card on top of the disorganized pile was the Queen of Hearts, the card that represented the much-loved mother or adored daughter. Magda froze. Suddenly and unexpectedly, the stoic look of the Queen of Hearts unearthed feelings she had suppressed for most of her adult life. "'Why are you staring at me?' asked Magda. So, it has come to this? Alone in the fair bunker, your children murdered, and you awaiting the final command from your husband, the Queen of Hearts replied. Are you here to torment me in my final hours? It's too late for me. What's done is done. Ah, but if it was that easy, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Ordinarily, your seven piles of cards would be lined up with the first card from each pile face up. Instead, there are still cards on the floor. This was not supposed to happen. Solitaire was Magda's attempt to compose herself, not create more discomfort, especially not at this late date. She had already thought of her surviving child, Harold, and had written him a letter, but the Queen of Hearts had forced her to think about her mother. Augusta Berend, her childhood, and her stepfather, Richard Friedlander. Magda was born Joanna Maria Magdalena Richel on November 11, 1901 in Berlin. The only certainty of her birth was that of her mother. It had been assumed that Oscar Richel, who had married her mother shortly after Magda's birth, was her father, but the father's name on her birth certificate was blank. Richel and Augusta had divorced in 1905, and Augusta then married Jewish businessman Richard Friedlander and moved with him to Brussels in 1908. Though Magda had enjoyed a relationship with Richel throughout her life, it was not comparable to the uniqueness of her relationship with Friedlander. The presence of the Queen of Hearts had Magda reflecting on the period of her life as the adored daughter. The bond between stepdaughter and stepfather had quickly cemented. Magda and Friedlander had developed an organic closeness that drew the envy of Augusta. Magda's mother saw in their relationship what she wanted from both parties for herself. Sadly, it had been beyond their capacity to give Augusta what she desired. Even after Augusta and Friedlander divorced in 1914, Magda had remained daddy's little girl. She even took Friedlander's name. She reveled in having Friedlander as an advocate. It gave her self-confidence and the belief that she could achieve any goal. 
Friedlander had doted on Magda. He was the one she initially sought out in times of crisis because he never judged her. In him, she knew every word that came out of his mouth began with his profound love for her. Magda's precocious nature and beauty at a young age had created tension with her mother. Friedlander was the one who always made the peace between them. During such heated moments, he would often take Magda by the hand and walk with her to the local Jewish bakery. Without saying a word during the walk, it was understood that once they arrived at the bakery, Magda could have whatever she desired. With so many things to choose from, Magda would deliberate for several minutes before choosing the same item, Alexander Tot. Alexander Tot consisted of pastry strips filled with raspberry preserves. Each bite offered a calming effect on the young Magda. The sweetness of the pastry represented the love between her and Friedlander. She was known at the bakery as la petite fille de papa, daddy's little girl. Friedlander had been an assimilated Jew, but he had observed traditional festivals such as Passover and Yom Kippur. Though she had attended a Catholic convent, Magda had grown up with a familiarity and appreciation for Judaism. She had always provided the final reading at the annual Seder meal at the Friedlander home, and once she concluded, her eyes would immediately search for the reciprocal look of pleasure from her stepfather, and never did he disappoint. When the meal was over, it was Magda who had led those in attendance in singing Eliyahu Hanavi, Elijah the prophet. This tradition continued well after Friedlander and Augusta had divorced. But Magda, languishing in the Führerbunker with the Queen of Hearts tormenting her, had unintentionally released emotions she had sentenced to solitary confinement decades ago. The Alexander Tot that had held the promise of sweetness with each bite was now replaced by memories of agony and bitterness. The life-altering compromises she had made that eventually led to her sequester in the fur bunker could not assuage the gift of Friedlander in her life. How had she managed to not think of him or even speak his name for so long? Was the Queen of Hearts asking, How did your life become so bereft of authentic relationships? Impulsively, Magda responded, What about my Führer? What about my children? But the Queen of Hearts clearly said, You call being surrounded by desperation and death in your last hours authentic? And don't you find it telling that Hitler was your first thought of defense, who is now dead, and not your children, whom you murdered? As for your children, the love you demonstrated was invariably part of Nazi propaganda. In 1942 alone, your children appeared 34 times in Nazi short films portrayed as part of the ideal German family. The narcissism you shared with your husband made it easy to transform your children into exploitable pieces in the Nazi agenda. Noticeably uncomfortable, Magda shot back, that's not true. Using silence as an enforcer, the Queen of Hearts said nothing. Magda objected to the suggestion that she and her husband were without empathy or compassion, and that her children were somehow used as pawns in a sadistic game of megalomania. That the children were dead by her hand was proof of her compassion. For Magda, it could not be seen any other way. Death 
by a loving mother was preferable to living in a world prepared to offer an endless supply of persecution. Her children were too good for such a fate. What Magda couldn't deny, even in the few hours she had to live, was that a part of her was built on the foundation of love that Freidlander had provided. The Queen of Hearts was there to remind her that she once had love, authentic love, but she had chosen to fritter it away for something she perceived was more important. And now the life she had chosen had presented her a bill she had no ability to pay. Were it not for this internal encounter, she could have easily convinced herself, as she had been doing for years, that she was willing to accept the consequences. Suddenly, without warning, she was not so sure. The Queen of Hearts was no help offering only a bewildering look of disappointment. The only gift my mother had given me was to remind me of what I did not want to be, a child of a poor single mother whose genealogy was questionable, if not a social embarrassment, Magda lamented, if she hadn't married my father. You meant stepfather, didn't you? Why are you being so technical? You know what I meant. Actually, I don't. And it's quite possible that neither do you, at least nothing you're willing to admit. What do you mean? Now is not the time to change history, pacifying yourself with the rationalization of untruth. It has been your way of doing things practically your entire life. What do you gain now by lying to yourself? You don't understand. Yes, yes, I want more. Was there anything wrong with that? But for you, Magda, more was indefinable, constantly changing without moral boundaries. You say Augusta's only gift to you was to show you what not to be, but she had married Friedlander, whom you acknowledged was a positive force in your life. You don't see that as a gift provided by your mother? Magda sat quietly, gripping the Queen of Hearts between her thumb and index finger with cautious intensity.